Welcome to the Wake Up Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Listen, these podcasts are best listened to in the morning because we are waking up not only our bodies from sleeping, but we're waking up our minds. We're waking up our focus. We're waking up our calling and we are following the breadcrumbs that God has left for us throughout the day over our life to tell us exactly what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. But I was wondering if anyone was struggling with isolation recently because they feel like you don't really realize you're isolating yourself until you're, you've already been doing it for so long. Like it's, it's not like you just got into isolation. You're like, oh, oh my gosh, I have isolated myself the last two weeks. Like what is going on? And so the reason why I love this community so much and why I push people to get on live is because you need the community of like-minded people encouraging each other lifting each other up, believing in each other, praying for each other. That is scriptural. And so when I was in my previous company, I had built a really big community and I loved my culture that I had there and all of these people. Well, just like any job, when you stop working there, you kind of lose contact with all of those people, even though you're like, I'm not going to do it. I know I won't, I promise I'm not going to, you just slowly, you know, your interests change, you, you just lose contact. And so my biggest goal was to build a community. And I just wanted to build a community because I wanted a community and I, I really wanted people surrounding me. I wanted to be able to pour in, but I also wanted my type of people pouring into me because in a world where there's all kinds of people I don't know where you guys live, but I live in a super small town in Michigan. We live like in the country and there's cows everywhere and farmers and fields. And we don't have good American here. We don't have department stores um, for a while. Like we are in the middle of nowhere. And so the majority of people that I encounter aren't like me. And yes, do we need to be diverse and find other people? Of course we do. But when you are trying to align your life with something, that's a big deal. Aligning your life with something is not just, oh, I have a hobby. Hi, April. And hi, Nikki. And hi, iPad. <laughs> I don't know your name, iPad. <laughs> so hello. Uh, but trying to align your entire life, like this isn't just taking a pottery class. This isn't just learning how to roller skate. Like you're aligning everything you do. And so in order to do that, you have to spend time around things that are going to be good for you and are going to help you align in the right way. You can't say you want to align with God and then you surround yourself in parties all the time. Like I'll tell you right now, nobody has enough temptation, uh, enough good goodwill in themselves to resist the temptation like they should like eventually that evil or I hate really calling it evil but that those spirits and that world is eventually going to corrupt your character and that's in the bible and so being around like-minded people who want to align their marriages or learn how to have a biblical marriage they want to align their businesses their purpose why they've been here 
we all are starting to believe that we've been created for some purpose, but we don't really know what that is yet. Maybe some of us might've already figured that out depending on where you are in the walk. But if you're here listening to this, usually you're like, okay, I really, really think that I've been made to do something more. And at least that's all you believe. And that's good because you have to believe we've talked about that before. Like, you know, you, you have to, oh, April's on the iPad, the other April. Good morning, April. Uh, but aligning your life is, is such an amazing thing when you can surround yourself with the people. It makes it super easy. And so we have these calls live where you can get on for accountability, just showing up, talking in the chat, asking questions. Usually if I see you on here, then I see your face, I find you on Instagram, and then we talk on there. Um, so you can do that. It's a good way for us to get to know each other a little bit more. But we also have this Telegram chat. And the Telegram chat, I want everyone to know right now, even if you cannot join the live calls, you can still click the link in my bio on Instagram and fill out your information and you'll get an email with the code for the calls, but you'll also get the link for the chat. So even if you just want to be a part of the chat, you can go ahead and fill that out. And I want everyone to know that you are more than welcome to talk in that chat as much as you want. And I also want you guys to know that you are also um, welcome to silence the chat as much as you want. Like, this isn't me trying to, you know, like tell you that you have to respond or like, I just want a place for people to say, I'm having a really bad day. Uh, please pray for me. Or can you pray for my family? Uh, or I, how do you guys know, how did you start a podcast? Or, you know, there are so many amazing people in that group that have achieved so much that you can just say like, what app do you use for video editing? Like, any questions you have, you can put in there, please. That's the beauty of it. That's going to help everyone move ahead even faster. Maybe you don't even ever really check the group chat, but you go in there to ask questions. That's totally fine. That is 100% fine. So if you need help with a Bible verse or what does the Bible say about this or how do you know this, please put it in there for sure. Um, but I put that in there about isolation in the chat because I was praying and I just felt like God told me to do that. Like just put that message in there. So if you are struggling with isolation right now, there was a podcast we recorded maybe 20 ish episodes ago, probably sometime in like the, the thirties episode 30, 39. Um, it's called isolation and go and listen to it because these podcasts really are designed to keep re-listening to over and over and over again. We title them so you can go back and you can look at them and think, okay, what am I struggling with right now? Oh, I need to hear this. The things that have really made an impact on my life and have changed me so much are things that I have listened to four, five, six, seven, eight times in a row. The books by Florence Scovel Shin, there's four books and I wish, and maybe Audible shows you, but I wish I could see how many times I've actually listened to those books because I bet I've listened to all of them at least five times. And when I go to re-listen to them again, and I just start them kind of where they are, episode 42, Samantha says, is isolation. Thank you. So I was wrong. It's not in the 30s. 
And April put in the chat that she loves questions and loves to help any way she can. She said it always, always ask because someone else may be wondering. That's a really good tip. And April is great at answering questions. And she's great at making you feel, she's like the mother of the group. Um, she's like great at making you feel like nurtured and taken, taken care of, <laughs> taken care of. Um, so yeah, because Becca just said, when you get in a funk, you have to, my biggest trick ever is when you're in this funk, you have to turn off your voice in your head. And the only way to really do that is by sleeping. Like really, like sometimes I'm like, I, I have to just go to sleep, you know? And if you're experiencing a really huge emotion, like grief or anxiety or some trauma, you're like, I just need to sleep and your body heals when it sleeps. So don't beat yourself up. If you feel really tired and you want to take a nap or you feel overwhelmed and you want to sleep, don't let the thought of society putting a limiting belief on you that if you take naps, you're lazy. Or if you lay in bed during the day, you're lazy. That's actually not true. And those are limiting beliefs. Hallelujah. <laughs> because I have always loved taking naps and I always beat myself up over it. And then when I started researching and listening to podcasts, listening to different people, I'm like, this is insane. Like we just are programmed to believe these certain things. And then we beat ourselves up internally because we aren't those certain things. Like we've talked before about um, body image and weight, like who says that the average that you should be is a size, whatever, size four, size six, like who cares? Who says that society somewhere that said, this is what you should strive to be. Like, how about you strive to be happy and connected to your creator? That would be amazing. That's literally, that's it right there. But you might have to listen to this over and over and over. So if you're struggling with isolation, go and listen to episode 42 and really let it soak in. And today I actually wanted to talk about trusting part two. We talked about trust part one a couple of episodes ago. So if you missed part one, go and listen to it. And we talked about trusting God and how I broke my husband's trust right before I married him. And I just poured my heart out on that podcast. And after I, after I had recorded it and I was going to upload it and send it out, I texted a couple people and I was like, I, I can't, I can't post that, that recording. Like I cannot post that. I cannot even believe that I talked about that. And I had zero intention of talking about that. I haven't even thought about that memory. And I prayed really hard that the Holy Spirit would hijack that call. And when it started coming out of my mouth, I, I was like embarrassed, but I just was kept talking. And then after is when I was just like, what did I just do? And so I messaged a couple of people that I knew were good counsel and they asked me like, well, why do you think that you want to take it down? What emotions come up when you, again, why community and finding your people is important. I didn't just sit there and like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What do I do? And just think in my head, I wanted other people's opinions that were like-minded to me that could say, well, do you think it was the Holy Spirit? Deep down, what does your gut say? And I'm like, my gut says to post it. My gut says that it was 
it was what it was supposed to be. So I need to just post it and not be in my own head. And sometimes I remember a couple people struggling with that thought after they went live on Facebook for the first time, when Facebook released the feature of being live, you did it. (laughs) April wouldn't even show her faces on zoom when we first got connected. Uh, We got connected on Facebook. Well, we're from the same town growing up and we knew of each other through family, but she wouldn't even show her face on here. And now she does, which is crazy. And she talks, but you may, you might go live and then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Why did I say that? I looked so stupid. I am not posting this. Like, this is terrible. And you would delete it. And, or then you finally were at the step of like, whatever, I'm just going to post it anyway and just never look at it again. And then you slowly start growing out of that. And then you're like, oh, oh, that sounded good. Oh, I said that. That was good. And you build confidence and, you know, you start to have more practice and it is more natural, but we can't second guess ourselves, especially when we're linking with God. Like, do you feel in your gut, this is the right decision to do? Yes or no. We just keep saying, we don't know. I don't know what to do, but you do know. You just have to stop saying that. And that's why at the intro of the podcast, part of my intro says that, like, stop saying you don't know what to do. You do know what to do. I guarantee you, if you messaged me and told me you didn't know what to do, I bet you I could ask you a couple of questions and you would decide on your own. I wouldn't give you the answer. I don't even know your life, but you would decide within a couple of questions, what is the final answer? Like you would. If you're in your heart right now, like back and forth, like, should I end this relationship? Should I not? Should I end this? You know what to do. You do. And we say we don't know. I learned that by a psychiatrist I went to when I thought that I was crazy about a year ago. I was hearing from God and God was telling me to stop my whole career that I worked for the last seven years over. He was telling me so loud to quit. And I just felt like I was losing my mind. It didn't make any sense. Everyone around me thought that I was losing my mind. My husband didn't, thank God. At least he doesn't admit that he did. I'm like, you probably really thought I was crazy, huh? He's like, no, I didn't. Yes, you did. And so it was just going against what everything was telling me to do and what everyone was telling me to do. And I just worked for seven years to do something Like, why am I going to quit just because I feel like God told me? Like, that sounds crazy. And I felt crazy. And then when I got out of the world and I stepped into this world of believers, nobody thought I was crazy. Not even like the slightest bit of crazy. They're like, oh yeah, that's what Moses did. I was like, what? What are you talking about? They're like, oh yeah, that's what so-and-so did. My pastor just did that. That's, yep, they picked up, they moved. Like, that's what people do when they follow God is they like stop, make a 180 and go the other way. And it's hard, obviously, and you want to doubt yourself. But I've learned on this whole entire journey over the last two years that yes, you have to trust in God, but that also means you have to trust in the Holy Spirit in you and moving yourself. I don't want to say trust in yourself because you cannot trust in yourself. 
I just revealed that God just revealed that to me going through my 12 step recovery program at my church on step three is trust. And I realized that I have only trusted in myself. I was like, when God wasn't ready for me and wasn't giving me the prayers answered, like I wanted, I was like, okay, God move over here because I'll take it from here. I'll just work harder. You'll see. I'll do it. I know I'm meant to do it. So I'm just going to work harder and I'll do it. I have not, and I used to brag and literally say that, that there is nothing that I couldn't get that I want. Like I will do it. It doesn't matter. I will figure out a way I will, I will get this done. Even when I was a kid, I remember, uh, telling, telling my mom, I asked her if I could go to the movies and she said, yeah, but I'm not driving you. And I said, that's fine. I'll find a ride. She's like, who's going to drive you? I was like, I don't know, but I'll find a ride. I will find a ride. I will do it. I will call everyone I have to. I will find a ride to the movies with my friends. And she's like, okay. And then I always did. I always like made a way. I went out and I got a job. I said I was going to get a job and I went and got one. And I just always had this trust in myself, I think, because I was abandoned by my biological father when I was younger. And that really messed with me. And I just put up that wall of, I don't need anybody. I got this. And that's kind of where my independence came from, where I just became such like a go-getter and I was driven and it really was because it was me, myself and I, it, we were getting through it. I was praying to God and I was saying that I, I loved God and I followed him. I didn't follow him. I knew of God. There is a huge difference of knowing someone and experiencing their soul like your best friend, like, you know, her on a soulful level, or maybe it's a family member, a sister, a mom, someone that you're like, I know her soul. Like I know who she actually truly is. I have seen that true vulnerable self of them. There's a difference between how the person at their son's elementary school sees them. It's very different. And so I wasn't experiencing him. I was, I was trusting in myself. So you cannot trust in yourself, but you need to trust now that you have the Holy spirit. And this is the, this is the key. Like if you miss this, you miss it all because a lot of people still are saying they believe they're saying they're living their life, but they're still giving credit to things like crystals. Like that's not where the credit goes. It wasn't the crystal. Maybe the crystal helps you to think of something and meditate on something and to hold something. And in the Bible, they had crystals and in the Bible, they had rocks, but it wasn't the rock that was going to change their life. People still aren't giving credit to Jesus dying on the cross last week, 2000 years ago. And then we receiving his Holy spirit in our souls. So we now have the ability to tap into how we feel and how our soul is. And if you stop beating yourself up and stop being so hard on yourself, you will start to love yourself, literally love yourself. I used to be so embarrassed of myself. And Jeanette, I have chills too, because this isn't even what I was going to say. So this is why I have chills. But I used to, I used to literally hate myself. I was so embarrassed of who I was. And it wasn't because I had a reputation for partying and it wasn't that stuff at all. It was just my personality. 
Like I just didn't like my personality. And I remember going to parties and going to people's houses and driving home. And all I was thinking was all the stupid things that I said and did. And especially if you add in alcohol or drugs, then you're for sure like, oh my gosh, what did I do last night? But even if I wasn't drinking and I was sober, I would be so embarrassed of things that I said. And now if I recited them to you, if I even remembered what they were, you would be like, that's so stupid. Like nobody, nobody was thinking that you didn't even sound like that. Do you ever have that friend that's like overly apologetic? Like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I said, you're like, dude, it's not a big deal at all. Like, no, I, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And they just keep apologizing. You're like, stop. It didn't even matter. And we are so hard on ourselves. And I remember my husband introducing me to people from people who knew me from like, they knew of me from high school, but they didn't know me in high school and introducing me as an adult to them. Like, oh, and then, you know, my wife, Taryn, right? You guys went to school together. And I remember feeling embarrassed for John that he married me. Like, oh my gosh, I bet, I bet he's so embarrassed. Like this is my wife. And he never has ever done anything to even make that even kind of be something that I should think about. And if he even heard me say this, he would be like, you're so stupid. I cannot even believe you think that. But I just hated who I was. I thought that I was too loud. I talked too much. I said things that shouldn't have been said. I said dumb jokes or I didn't talk enough or I wonder what they thought of me when I said this. I really shouldn't have talked about homeschooling. Like that was, oh my gosh, they're probably, they probably think I'm so weird now. And I just like, didn't own up to any of the things that I cared about. I pretended like I cared about everything else. Cause that's what everyone else cared about. But truly deep down the things that I cared about, the things of who I was, I pushed down into a box because I wanted to be approved of more people. I wanted more people to like me, but really what happened is less people liked me because I wasn't myself. And less people got to know me because I had that wall up and I wouldn't let people know me. And I realized that there are a lot of people, a lot of women that are grown that still have this exact same thought of you're embarrassed of yourself and you don't love yourself and you think you make bad choices and you think you're lazy and you think you're a bad mom. And you think that you're bad at your job, or you think you're a bad wife, or you just beat yourself up over your past of who you were and what you've done and the things that you've said. But Jesus doesn't say that at all. You are a new creation. Every day you are a brand new creation. And Like April said in the chat, if you've asked for forgiveness and you've repented and you try to change your behavior, you've got to forgive yourself because I heard this thing one time and it really just blew my mind. She said, and I wish I knew who it was so I could give, I could give them credit. Maybe it was Priscilla Shire or someone, but they said the God of the whole entire universe, the world, the everything in it, the God of all creation the God who created creation, whose idea this whole thing was, he can forgive you and you can't forgive yourself. You're basically saying, 
no, my opinion matters more than God's. I am higher than God. That's what you're saying by, by saying that is that you believe that your opinion should matter most. And what you're doing is you're trying to get the revenge. You're trying to show judgment, which God does not like when we try to show judgment. We are supposed to be judgment free. So you're judging yourself. You might not judge other people anymore. You might've gotten to a place where you're like, wow, I used to be so judgmental and now I'm really not. And that was me. I would point out every person, people watching, I'd be like, oh my gosh, look at her shirt. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Look at her hair. I would literally do this with my friends when I was younger and I would judge everyone for everything. And I was a mean girl and I was angry and I was, I was just broken. I was just sad. I was, didn't know how to handle it. I was a teenager growing up with abandonment issues and I wanted to fit in. I didn't want people to leave me. And so I, by what I experienced, I became who I was. Whatever you've experienced, you are exactly who you're supposed to be right now by being a human who has gone through what you have gone through. Like you're not weak or anything. You have literally, you're a product of your environment. You're a product of how you've been raised, how you've been experiencing life. And it's not your fault. Some of us are literally born into generational curses and sins. And I used to hear that like when I was growing up, like, oh, they put a curse on him or they have a family curse or would watch movies and they talk about the family curse. And I didn't realize what that was until I got older. And I realized that it's sin and demons and bad spirits transferring down from one generation to the next. Your parents were drug addicts, alcoholics, your dad abused your mom and you were raised in that environment. Well, you're probably, chances are, you're going to accept a man treating you a lot less than what he should. You are going to probably be drinking and doing drugs. Now you don't have to be. Can you be delivered from that? 100%. But you are going to be raised in your sin. I, I have this woman that I'm friends with. She has a granddaughter who was born addicted to heroin. And it was just the most awful thing to see this and to see this baby and just thinking that already, already your first breath into this world, you have generational sin that is going to drive your life, whether you like it or not. And it sucks and it's not fair because I can see on the other side of things when families make the change, like my mom was the first one. My mom wasn't raised in a Christian home. They were Catholic. They weren't really practicing anything. They just claimed they were Catholic, went to church a couple times a year, but partiers, all that they cared about partying. My mom, then when she had kids and was about 30, she's like, I want to, I want to go to church. I want our family to go to church. And I want to go. And she went and she talked to someone and he told her about Jesus and it all makes sense. And she accepted Jesus and she went and got baptized. And from that moment on for the last 20 years, she has been trying her hardest to learn about how we're supposed to live, to learn about our purpose, 
to learn about what this is all about and how to raise kids. So by her making that change, now the change has started in me. Now she was able to raise me for the last 20 years about Christ and about why I'm here. And so now I'm raising my kids. I mean, Sophia and Skylar have been raised, I, I, even the boys actually have been raised right away in it. Like now they're starting early. So now they're going to teach their kids. And then that's, that's generational blessings. That's things happening where, you know, these families, like maybe you come from a family that's really broken, that has a lot of generational sin and curses. A lot of really all it is, is just broken people. It's the devil put these little shackles on their ankles and he's pulling them in and they're just broken and they don't know how to change it. They might not even know that they have a problem. And you have to realize that, that the people that were supposed to take care of you and the people that were supposed to raise you and teach you, they just did the best they could with what they had. Really, that's all it is. And maybe all they had was something very little. Maybe they gave you up for adoption. That's all they had at that moment. They did the best that they could. And we have to let go of that and realize that we are a new creation in Christ. We can be whoever we want to be with him and who we are actually created to be those talents and gifts and all of those amazing things that we have that we were born with. Those are the things that we're supposed to really let shine. And Melanie says, Satan has been trying to tear me down since before I was born. I can look back and see every place that God fought for me. Oh, I love that. I used to be so focused on the negative. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Nikki said, my mother left my sister and I to her father's when I was five. I didn't grow up with her yet. Still, I repeated her sin. I didn't leave my baby, but she was unfaithful to my dad. That kind of lifestyle leached into me. I do not want my daughter to do the same. Oh my gosh, I could cry. I, oh, Melanie says healed people, heal people. I haven't heard that one. Obviously hurt people, hurt people. Healed people, heal people. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I feel like I want that on a shirt. <laughs> Uh, but I used to be so focused on the negative too and things, but just know that like that is in the past. You are a new creation. You could change all the generations right now from you on you at any moment. I think what I love so much about following Christ is that at any moment you can turn it around and you don't even have to do it. All you have to do is admit that you cannot do it. You have to admit that you cannot trust in yourself any longer. I don't know how to steer the ship. I don't make good choices. My flesh doesn't want this. I feel like our flesh is a demon of itself that wants what it wants. And it's, it's tempted and it's confused and it's lustful and it's lying and it's evil. And that's who we are. You have to realize that that's how every single person is just because you don't know everyone's junk and everyone's old bad habits. It doesn't mean we're not all the same. That is my number one message that I want to preach is that you are not alone. That is why I want this community to grow bigger. That is why I'm posting podcasts. That is why I'm vulnerable. And I just speak from my heart is because I, for so long, literally thought I was the only person. 
I thought I was alone and it was the worst feeling ever. And I want people to know you're not alone and you're actually not different in a bad way. You're different in a good way because you're chosen because you're anointed by God. I don't care what the world says about you. I don't care what your past says about you, but if you're here and you're listening to this, you know that you were made for more. You can feel that in your soul. Like I was made to do something more. What is it? And you're so doubtful. Like, yes, you are made for something more. You feel that you're answering the calling. That's what God says is you just have to answer the call and then I will equip you. Don't try to figure it all out in your own sense. And in your own head, you're never going to make sense of it. You have to let God figure it out and lower your distractions and slow down so you can hear the calling. You're not going to be able to follow the breadcrumbs and hear the calling if you're just so busy. If you just keep saying yes to everybody, if you have poor boundaries, if you're only focusing on the negative, if you are isolating yourself, that's going to slow you down. But you know that you were called, you know that you are chosen. And I think what made me feel so good too is reading the Bible because I feel like the Bible is my community. I'm like, oh, oh, look what he did for Ruth. Oh, that was so nice. Oh, look, Joseph was in prison for three years and then he was out of prison and then he was God's chosen one and he did all these amazing things. Like, okay, good. At least I haven't been to prison. Like, (laughs) I'm not there. I'm not that hopeless yet. Like, and then I'm just looking at all these people and I'm like, right. Like, why would he pick Simon? Like Simon was literally plotting, planning, scheming, lying, stealing. And he was like, you're the chosen one, follow me. Like Simon, are you serious? Or Thomas who doubted everything? One of his followers who just was so doubtful, like, are you sure? Are you sure? Should we do that? I'm worried about money. Do we have enough money for this next town? Do we know where we're going to sleep? Where is the town that we're even going to sleep in? And he was just always doubting. Jesus is like, dude, zip it. Like, come on, let's go. Just, just trust me, dude. Like, just follow me. Stop trying to steer the ship. It's exactly what he's telling us. And this spirit that we have in him, it knows what's best for us. And if you can, and this is hard to do. So that's why I say, if you can learn, because you're really going to have to be dedicated to this, you're going to have to journal about it. You're going to have to pray about this a lot. But if you can learn to completely let go of yourself and do exactly what God wants you to do and to follow him, your life will be amazing. That is the goal. That is the end all be all. There is nothing above that. There's not a next rank. There's not a next level. There's not a bigger paycheck. It's a feeling. Success is a feeling. And yes, do we want to make money? Of course. Do we need to make money? Yes, we need to survive. We need to do these things. If we want our message to carry on to bigger audiences, we're, you know, we're going to have to invest in that. We're going to have to make money. Like money makes the thing go round. So this isn't an anti-money message, but the success and all of that comes from the feeling of knowing that you love yourself, you trust in yourself with Christ. And you trust in God and you are flowing through your life, not beating yourself up, not distracting your own self in your brain. You might be sitting outside in total silence with your eyes closed, feeling like, okay, God, here I am. 
I'm listening and I am not distracted. And then in your head, all you're doing is just beating yourself up. Like, why am I even sitting here and asking God this? Like, God's going to really answer me, especially since I just got drunk last weekend or here I am fighting and being so disobedient as a wife and being so rude and having anger issues and isolating myself and not trusting in you and being so obedient and sinful. And I'm asking you to help me, asking you to talk to me. A lot of us just don't even feel worthy to even talk to God. So I'm just not even going to do it because I'm not going to do it until I stop sinning. I'm not going to do it until I stop being so angry. But God knows what you're doing, even if you don't admit it to him. Like, okay, I just, I won't talk about that. I won't ask God. You know, maybe you, I've been watching The Chosen. Again, if you haven't watched The Chosen, you need to watch The Chosen. You can watch it on Prime Video. You can also download the app on your phone for free and watch it. So good. Two seasons. And in there, one of the disciples has a disability. And the other disciples like, why haven't you asked to be healed? Like, you know, why hasn't Jesus healed you? And that was the first question is, why hasn't Jesus healed you? And he's like, well, for starters, I haven't asked why haven't you asked? He's like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't feel worthy. I don't, I don't feel, I feel like I deserve this of what I've gotten. And I was thinking how many other people think that? How many people think like, I deserve this. This is, this is karma. I did bad things to bad people. I made bad choices and this is what I get. A lot of us think that, and that's not true. That's what you would think. I'm glad that you're not God because I'm glad that my God is like, oh, it's okay. Nikki says, I've done that. I've been feeling myself try to slip back into that. And I'm trying so hard this time to stay with him and in his truth about how he loves me. There is a highlight on my Instagram that says identity. And well, actually these first were made. So I created what I do, like my brand and everything out of a desperation to know Jesus and to stay close to him. I didn't want to fall away. I didn't want the light to dim. I didn't want to go back into old thinking patterns. I didn't want to slip back. And so I bought these little flashcard things on Amazon and I wrote promises on this one. And I went through and as I read my Bible, I would write down all of the promises that I saw throughout the Bible so that when I was feeling worried or I was feeling like I was slipping back, I went on here and I just started reading these call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search me with all your heart. And I'm like, yes, okay, God, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to you and I would pray because it's what it's what it says to do. He has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ, according to his purpose and his will. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us with wisdom and insight. You are secured forever by the Holy Spirit of promise. 
children of light. We were formerly in the darkness, but now through Christ, we were able to produce the fruit of light. I wrote these because I could not forget these promises. And then I got another one because as I started doing this, I have another one that says defeated darkness. And every time I read a scripture where I was like, oh yeah, devil, oh, take that. I wrote it down because when I felt like the devil was after me, I'm like, where's, where's my, where's my note cards? And I would read them. And he says, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross forever. He exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand for above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every name that's invoked. The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. First John 3, 8. The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. He destroyed the devil's work. He's already destroyed it. So that's, that's the devil being in your head telling you, you can't do that. You're not cool. You're not chosen. Nobody likes you. You know what you did? You know what you're doing now? You're not worthy of God. God doesn't love you. He is literally like the taunting brother of like being casted down into hell because he was just so awful. And he's just taunting you. Like dad doesn't love you, but I created these out of a need. And then when I started talking to people and showing up online, I, I didn't create these when I, my, when I created this, I was showing up on Instagram to get people to join my team and to buy my health supplements. That's what I was doing when I was making these. So then when God revealed to me at the end of last year that my brand was going to be teaching people how to walk with God, waking people up to their calling and their purpose, which by the way, if you've known me for a while, that has always been my goal and my, that's all I ever wanted for a really long time. I wanted to be a life coach. I wanted to be Tony Robbins 10 years ago. I was like, Tony Robbins. Yep. That's me. I'm going to be Tony Robbins. We're going to do the same thing this is my jam. This is what I was made for. And then along the way, I kind of just lost that, but I also kind of defined it. I needed to go through this career path that I went through because it taught me so much of what I need to do now. I learned how to build a community. I learned how to be a leader. I learned how to present. I learned how to speak in front of a group of thousands of people. I, I learned all of these things. And then now I can take them and now I can apply them to teaching people how to wake up and find their purpose and get closer to God to co-create their life because of what I've went through. So I have found myself more, but then it was so cool when people started asking me exactly what you said above there, Nikki, about slipping back into old ways. I was like, oh my gosh, you guys need to do my note cards. And so then I made highlights on my Instagram for these. I have a highlights for promises and a highlights for defeated darkness. And they're there, not for you. They're there for me. Because if I do not know who I am, then I don't get to do anything where I'm impacting anybody's life. Because I promise you, you it might look like I'm confident. It might look like I got this thing figured out and and like things are great and everything's growing and wow, I, I wish I was like her. 
I promise you, if I stopped reading my Bible throughout the week, I don't do it every single day, but I do do it randomly. I pick it up and read it. If I stopped doing that, I stopped getting on these morning calls within five days. I would be in my box and the devil would be on repeat in my head literally within five days. This is not like I have, I have it and I'm strong and I have the armor of God and no, no. If in five days I stop, I will go all the way back to where I was. This is a constant thing. That's why I said it's aligning your life. It's a constant thing that you're trying to do and to grow through. Because if you stop, the devil doesn't stop. That's the biggest thing. And you might not believe in the devil, but he believes in you. And I can show you just by asking you a few questions where the devil is trying to attack your life. What area of your life right now is causing you the most pain? The most struggle? Is it your faith? Your family? Your finances? Your health? Where is it that you're being attacked or where is it that you're being impacted? That's where you're being attacked. The devil is working hard. I keep digging into Jesus, but I am so exhausted, Melanie says. So if you're so exhausted um, and, and you're going through a lot of grief right now that you've shared online and we're for sure praying for you and lifting your family up. But I think that the most beautiful thing is when we say, I'm just so tired, I can't do this anymore. And you let it go. I can't do this anymore. And maybe you're not supposed to be working your way to heaven. Some of us still think that I had this conversation with my daughter yesterday. I'm like, because she's like, yeah, Lizzie, Lizzie doesn't even believe in God. And I'm like, yeah. I, that's how it goes. This, this girl who she bickers with all day long and has problems with every single day. And the girl's super mean to her. And it's been amazing because I've been able to teach her so much by this. I am like grateful for these experiences with her because it opens the door to talk about it. And she's like, she's so mean. I just want to quit school. I'm like, well, babe, I wish I could tell you that mean girls go away as you get older, but they don't. And when you're at work, there's going to be mean girls. And when you're at church, there's going to be mean girls. And when you're a grandma, there's going to be mean girls. They're everywhere. If you run away from them, you're never, you can't do that. You can't just run away from every mean person. You just have to be kind. You have to be nice. That's why we have to pray before school and ask the Holy Spirit to help us be nice to people, help us to say the right thing. She is just a broken little girl. Help us to have the right thing to say to her. You know, being, <laughs> punch him in the face. <laughs> Rebuke it, Nikki. The devil has no authority. He does not. She said, I've been having thoughts about what is the next thing God is asking me to do. And the devil is giving me confusion about it. Uh, yeah, that's a good, a good trick to know if it's from the devil is confusion because you'll never have confusion when it's God's word. You might not believe it. He might say, write a book. And you might think, I can't write a book. But you're not confused over the fact that he said, write a book. You know that you're supposed to write a book. It scares you. And you don't know everything in between. Or start a podcast. Or reach out to someone. 
Um, but you do, you need to rebuke it. It's absolutely not the truth. It's God has already defeated him. Get out of, get out of my house. Get away from me. If you haven't walked around your house lately and said out loud, in the name of Jesus, anything unwholesome, any evil spirit, anything in this house, I demand you to leave, get out of my kids, get out of my marriage, get out of my finances. I rebuke you in Jesus's name, get out. You, you will feel a difference in your home. Right now, the devil is trying to attack my kids, my sons that are preteens. They're going to be 13 this year. And I'm realizing how many parents are asleep because as I enter in this stage, I'm desperately looking for parents that are raising their teens in Christ on a daily basis. Like what studies have you done with them? What books have you read specifically in the Bible with them? What are the rules? What are your standards? People don't really have any. I'm like, are you people serious? Like you go to church, you run this ministry. Like you really, you don't do studies with your kids. You're not reading the Bible with your kids. Like I'm realizing that. And, and it, it's not your fault. You don't know. People don't know. That's not how they were raised. You know, you don't even think about it or you're distracted. You're too busy with a job and all these things. Like I get it. I'm not casting judgment on you or trying to shame you at all, but it's like, wake up. The devil is just snatching our kids. I, they are in, they are in school more than they are in your home. If somebody spends more time with a group of people, they're eventually going to think, act, and do what those other people do. They're, they're being told what to believe. They're being told what to do. And they're, then they're in a crowd with all of these kids that are all types of broken and hurt and all types of generational sin getting together. And all, I mean, and then we wonder why our kids are acting like this. Like I'm shocked when kids don't act like this. And so I'm struggling really bad right now with what am I going to do? Because I can't, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep raising this child. This is hard. And so that's where the devil is attacking me the most. And it gets tiring. And I cried on Monday about it. And I sat in my church parking lot and poured out my heart to my mom. And I'm like, I just, I can't keep doing this. Like the school called again, he's suspended again. Like what in the world is going on? Why can't I fix this? What is what, like, like you're bullying, you're being mean. Like, that's not who I raised you to be. That's not who we are. Nobody drops their books and you laugh at them and don't help them. Like that kind of stuff just breaks my soul and breaks my spirit. Like, why are you acting like this? This is not how you were raised. But my mom, just she's like, she said, whoever wants your kid more, you or the devil will win. You and the devil are, are wrestling and whoever wants them more will eventually win. When you say, forget it do whatever you want. I don't care anymore. Get out of my house or whatever. And obviously there is a point. My mom did that to me. And I'm very grateful for that. That was my rock bottom when she kicked me out when I was using drugs in her house when I was a young adult. And that was a great time for me. And I thank her for that all the time. Cause I know how hard that had to be. There is a point where you have to do that, where you cannot keep letting people walk all over you and do all of that. But if your child is still a minor and is under the age of 18, and over your influence, then you cannot stop fighting. And the same thing goes for your marriage. 
you cannot stop fighting. Now, this doesn't apply if you are in an abusive relationship and that not at all. If you are married to a good-willed person who, who you once loved and they're good-willed, that's the biggest part, good-willed. Do they have good-will in your marriage? Then keep fighting. God can restore anything. He restored my marriage and he's restored tons of marriages in my church of other couples that have openly talked about it. People who have divorced and then came back together. Like he can do it. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. When you stop fighting, that's when it changes. Like I'm just done. I can't even do this anymore. That's not good. You have to keep fighting. So surround yourself with people that are a little bit further along than you are in an area or whatever you're struggling with. If you're struggling with your kids, find, find other parents, find other people that are further along that can help you. If you're struggling with finances, find someone that's a little bit further along that can help you get your finances in order. Who do you know that's very financially responsible that you can say, hey, and you feel safe with them? Like, hey, can I sit down with you and can you help me? Can you get me on track? Can I just be honest with you? Or take a class, take um, like Financial Peace University is uh, by Dave Ramsey that my husband and I have taken. Find a class online for parenting for like, there are so many resources, whatever you're struggling with, look at something that can teach you, start learning about it, educating yourself, and then surround yourself with someone who can help you who's a few steps further than you. And that will help you really go faster in the whole entire journey. But you are absolutely chosen and anointed by God. That is, that is no second guessing that. You are. You are worthy to talk to him. You are worthy of it all. You just have to believe it and trust in how you're feeling and what you're doing Right now, I feel super tired. Uh, I started tracking my cycle as this girl on Instagram really tells you as a business owner. She's like, if you're a business owner and you're not tracking your menstrual cycle, you're stupid because there are, your body is literally designed to be in different modes throughout the month as you go through your cycle. And I've been tracking this since the beginning of the year in this, the third week of every single month. I am super run down. I'm super tired and I don't feel like doing anything. And I'm all up in my head because I don't feel motivated. And so I'm like, gosh, what am I going to talk about on the call? I don't even know what to talk about. I don't even want to get on the call. I feel like nothing's even working. Like, I feel like I'm just not even posting. Like, what am I even doing? And so I learned that on that third week of the month is the week that I work less than all other weeks. And I don't beat myself up over it. I give myself the freedom to do whatever I want. I want to go shopping. I want to take a nap. I want to take a bath. I want to sleep in. I want to paint with my kids. I want to watch a movie. I'll do it all. Eat a little junk food. Don't care. Not going to beat myself up over it. Because I know the week that follows this is the best week of the whole month that I have. And I have dreams and I wake up earlier and I'm creative and I usually make a ton of reels and I do a ton of stuff and I make up for not working for the third week. So start tracking your cycle of your emotions and how you feel. Maybe just put it in your notes section, like the date, right? Like 420 and then write like how you felt today, like felt kind of blah, unmotivated, had a headache, 
you know, ate junk food or, you know, good, motivated, clear-headed. I had a great day. Just like a quick little sentence of your day. And then you'll start to see, and then put in when you, when you start or when anything like that happens, you can look and see, and then you'll be able to go and be like, okay, cool. Like I, you'll start to see a pattern after the second month, you'll be like, oh, look how crazy I had anxiety really bad this whole week. And I had it the same week, the month before. And that's going to really help you create your business too, and not be so hard on yourself. I've learned that on the third week, I don't really think I try to just turn it off. If I get in my head, I pick up the phone and I call someone so that I can hear them talk, or I listen to a podcast or I listen to a sermon so that I'm not in my head. So kind of start tracking that because that'll help you to trust yourself even more. Like I can't wait for next week. I'm going to have a lot of creative ideas. This is a nice like free week. I can do whatever I want. I kind of like live in that. It's, it's a lot of fun. It really is. But thank you for being here. Thank you, Jeanette. That's so nice. Um, she said, don't forget you're doing something huge for God. The devil must be attacking you unreal. Thank you for fighting so hard. And I would appreciate any prayers with that being said. Um, prayers are always great. I just pray over everyone in this group, anyone that's connected to the group. I'm so glad that you are here live too, Nikki. And again, if anyone wants to join us live, click the link in my bio and you can get the info. I'll see you back here on Friday. Thanks for being here, spending your morning with me. And I hope that you have an amazing day. So God bless you. Love you. Bye guys. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do. Help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own. We know we cannot do this on our own, although we try. Please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us. We love you so much in Jesus's holy name. Amen. Have a blessed day. Thanks for being here. Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi so that you can grow with me and you can learn how to get out of the valley, how to stay out of the valley and exactly what to do to have the best life ever in 2022.